and I was thinking of, uh, you know, your position, director of community relations, things that you think yourself, like why you think you're so confident to be the front line, uh, answering questions and, cause John uh, said I could, and you're, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this is your chance. That's a very flimsy model. <laughs> this is your, And with that, we're back on the stack. Joe Hutzler, John Laser, and Christina Shiflett hanging out with you today. Uh, Christina is our line call interview, but she's sitting right next to us, so we don't have to call her. Uh, so, And you're going to join us for our uh, beginning conversation here, the skinny, as we like to call it, where we kind of take a ba- look back at what's been going on in performance uh, and also a look ahead at what may be uh, coming up here. So let's start with both of you guys uh, having a very unique experience from the pickleball as far as what your roles were that day. John, I'll start with you because uh, you obviously were involved with a lot of the pre-pickleball conversations and getting things set up and having an idea of how this might work. But now that it has come and gone, were there things that surprised you in a good way uh things that maybe you weren't anticipating like oh in my head i thought this would happen this way but it actually went the other way interest of full transparency the pickleball joe was an event and i've done events on that magnitude in the past where you would focus almost like a tournament for months at a time preparing for and we didn't have that as we opened uh, right before that. I think when we first, I, know, I shouldn't say I think, I know when I first scheduled the pickleball on December 20th, our intention was that we would be open for about three weeks then, and we would have had some time to settle into the space and and prepare for that. So when you look at kind of a hot stove type gala, if you want to use the baseball model, you know that's where I learned how to do it with the flying squirrels. It takes a lot of hands and it takes a lot of time. We, of course, had the infrastructure, the agreements with the players and what structure we wanted to use in terms of the exhibition in place months out. But in terms of actually getting hands on and setting up what ultimately turned into the pickleball, our staff did that in about two days. So my biggest takeaway was my pride in them and their ability to re-rack because we were coming off the grand opening and the ribbon cutting, which would empty the gas tank for most people. But as I like to say a lot, we have special people that were able to do that, operate on fumes and then put on uh, what the public uh, seemed to enjoy as a spectacular event. And so, you know, rather than look back at some of those preliminary steps, which I know we took months ago, I choose to look at those steps that day. There was definitely some small fires burning that morning um, that everyone stepped in, Christina more than included, um, and took care of. The, the pros, you know, Riley and Lindsay and Jay and Udit and Christina and Jonathan, they were fantastic as I expected them to be. They interacted so well with the fans. Uh, and then what I was most surprised by, not because she, I, I, know, I don't know that she's a hell of a player, but I know that what we put Christina through in the couple weeks before and how little she was playing was how much <laughs> – she was she kicked ass in her time playing uh and i i just i wish she could have seen me i had such a smile on my face you know and the crowd was getting behind her and the high point yeah uh, and all those things so great. it was on fumes but that's what i hope performance becomes because that's really what it's going to be as a tournament rolls into the start of a league and, and it's a full-time pickleball i hate to use the word machine because that's not what it is but it's a full-time pickleball processor that provides those opportunities for people. It was a really interesting day uh, when we were all scrambling for a couple hours, and then we got finished with the main stuff, and we're thinking, 
Oh, we still have three hours yeah. left before this thing starts. We, we were so consumed for three uh, straight days, uh, but it all definitely came together well. Christina, you had the pleasure of being on the court and playing some pickleball while the rest of us watched. Um, from your perspective, getting it together from the staff standpoint and then being a part of it, what, what, what was your biggest takeaway? What was it like to actually be on the floor with those? Uh well, going back to what John said earlier about me not playing a lot beforehand, I was like, oh, my God, am I just going to be the worst person ever? <laughs> and I only played, you know, maybe a day or two a couple of times. But um, playing with Jay, he made me feel so comfortable. And, you know, you know, I mean, he could literally take up 95% of the court. Mm-hmm. And I could just be like, all right, this is the only ball I have to wait for. It's right in front of me. But um, – uh, Jonathan and uh, Udit also, you know, they they played around a bit mm-hmm. with me, but I still like to think I held my own <laughs> quite a bit. But it was it was super uh, it was super exciting, also exhausting at the same time because those were like the longest points I've ever had in pickleball, um, and the stuff right beforehand as well, just all of them interacting and you know deciding what we're about to play, and me being, you know, the the low man on the totem pole, I guess, is, oh, I want to play more. I want to have more chances at, uh, you know, um, like the 1 to 15. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it kind of changed a little bit. So we were calling John and, like, hey, change it in. (laughs) I think all joking aside, I mean, that's where the blend of our backgrounds, not just Christina, Gio, and you and I, but everyone comes into play where – those athletic changes where you get those at the last second, you can relate to that from any broadcast you've ever mm-hmm. done. I can relate to that from locker rooms uh, and clubhouses and whatever the case may be going back. Those are always going to happen. And so that's what I always tell people. You can be as prepared as you want to, and we can be sitting on our hands three hours out, but that doesn't mean that 30 minutes out there's not going to be some changes. And there were those things, but all that you can do, uh, and I've learned this from so many mentors before, is surround yourself with people that are able to adapt resourcefully uh, in your place. If it's not you or in some cases, and in many cases, as it pertains to performance, better than you could because they have a more specific skill set. So, again, um, you know, the stress level seemed high, I think, for those that hadn't experienced it before. And it was high and it was a little bit magnified because of our level of fatigue at that time but at the same time I just came away you know so proud of our people uh, and their ability to adapt and just step in because that's what's ultimately going to drive our success in the, in the weeks to come. Christine let me ask you about adapting the that first game itself I don't know from my perspective it was interesting to watch how easily it was for the pros to kind of mess around but still play pickleball right still do some trick shots hang, you know do some fun things I, I don't know if you're used to that I mean you when you're competing you're obviously trying to win every point so how was it trying to back off and just kind of go with the flow especially the high stuff <laughs> okay I was like <laughs> I just need to get every blood. ball over <laughs> because yes. I mo- more than likely would be the first one to miss <laughs> that was on in my head like okay if any of them miss whatever but if I miss I'm like oh uh-oh He's Jay's going to never want me as a partner ever again. But no, I was trying my hardest, but also being fun and airy and, you know, 
question. Right. I have a question <laughs> for you, Christina, because I was sitting amongst the crowd, literally, and announcing from there, so I wasn't blocking people's yeah. view. And they quickly, like, Christina's our girl. Like, she's our local product. And they got behind mm-hmm. you. Of course, Miss Terry and them yeah. are going, what, what did that feel like to have an active cheering section? Well, it was nice that all I heard was my name. I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not the pro out here. No, but uh, it, was, it was just super fun. And, you know, even afterwards, I had all these women coming up to me and like, are you teaching? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I am. Not till January, but, and th- and these are people coming from, so like Trish Hammer, yeah. she came up to me and she would have to drive, I don't even know how far to come Three hours to and 15 me. minutes. She yes. lived in the apartment next door to where I used to live. Yes. So like, in you know, she, she okay. came up to me and said something and I had uh, many other women say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take lessons from you. So it, it was good uh, exposure for us and me, I guess, as well. So did you learn anything about the, the pros themselves, like as far as how they get ready for things or did you ask? them any advice about pickleball you just get we just went with it right i just went with it i was just like jay you got a lot to got a lot to hold up here and (laughs) he was like oh no you're gonna bring your a game and that was like before we even started yeah i love that um i was just in there listening to all of them talk that's i was just in the corner i i'm with you christina as well i enjoy just sitting in the room and listening to them all talk because when you see them on tv they're they're competing against each other they're you can tell they they want to you know beat each other down but in the room they were all on the same page as far as at least those those four that travel the the ppa circuit talking about contracts and and all this upheaval with mlp and ppa and they're all on the same page there we're all pickleball players and then you know when you get on the court uh, it's completely different. So I definitely enjoyed it from my perspective. I know a lot of people did that were here and even those that, that watched the live stream. So the next question to be asked is, is this something that can be done annually, John? Is this something that wants to be done annually? And I think that answer is not fully formed. Yes is the answer. We'll definitely do special events like that every year, whether that's to commemorate our anniversary or wrapped around some some sort of tournament. I don't know that we'll do it by bringing in four at the same time. There is certainly a price tag that comes with that. Those four were so gracious with their availability based upon it being for nonprofit and a charitable cause. But uh, those prices are continued to skyrocket, really, in mm-hmm. pickleball, which is a great thing. But at the same time, at, at a point, the juice isn't worth the squeeze for that type of format. But I think what we saw with Christina playing uh, and with our pro talent playing, and as they continue to grow in their games, that it, you know you can accomplish the same effect maybe by bringing in one or two and, and mixing that way and maintain that level of play. Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes. We'll definitely do something again. There will be a second pickleball. Uh, the, the goal always uh, – of the ladybugs morphing into performance was to have those large events in a year and become an organization that raised money that way. So I'd be lying to you though, if I said I'd even thought for two seconds about what any of the specifics of that would be right now. <laughs> we got time. There's, yeah. there's, there's plenty of Do time we? left. Uh, that's what we're supposed to say uh, yeah. anyway. Uh, so that's what we're going to think uh, for the time being. All right, well, let's move on to our line call for the sake of potential sponsorships in the future. We still want to make this uh, uh, its own segment. So uh, we're going to have a proper interview now with Christina Shiflett. She's been with us to this point. She's Director of Community, Re- Community Relations uh, here at Performance Pickleball. Settle in, relax. Give me a call. The first question I have is, obviously, those that don't know, you do have a tennis background, but 
the, the pickleball transition, everyone has a different story or it's slightly unique to them. What is your story of going from the tennis to the pickleball world? Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Richmond and basically grew up at Berkwood because both of my parents were tennis players, both 4-0 level. And so I've had a racket in my hand ever since I could, you know, walk, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I about three or four years ago, I don't even know how long it's been, but <laughs> I, I used to work at ACAC as a tennis pro as well and behind the desk all of that stuff. So I have been in a club-like place Mm -hmm. for working for 15 years. So, you know, this is a little bit different, you know, coming to pickleball, but it's all almost the same things happening. So basically, so I got to a 5-0 level in tennis, and um, then I found pickleball about three years ago, and I just saw all these people down at Pouncey, and they had tents up and stuff, and I thought it was a tournament. Because it was just so many people hanging out, and one lady, I don't even know who it was, she came up to that uh, those top courts um, at the water fountain, and I was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, we just, we just get together and come and play. And I was like, oh, okay. So after that, I think there was a tournament happening like two, two weeks later, and I came and I talked to Brenda Walton and... Um, I can't think of her name right now, but uh, I, they were at the Selkirk booth and I said, hey, I'm a high level tennis player and how can I come out and play? So I told them, you know, I was 5-0 tennis. They were like, okay, I got, I got people for you come out and I just played and she gave me like an unofficial rating. It's Kathleen Wilcox, by the way. <laughs> and she, uh, she was like, okay, uh, I would put you at a 4.3 immediately. And I was like, Ah, sweet. I'm already pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, that did not happen no, for me. <laughs> and so after that, uh, we got in with the group, you know, with Tyann and Derek and all the high-level people out at Pouncey. And I was like, wow, I could be way better at pickleball than I am at tennis. Because once you hit that 5-0 level and just, you know, the club level, it's like, okay, what else Hmm. there's nothing else after that especially once you're a tennis pro it's you kind of get stuck there unless you pay a lot of money to go play in tournaments but it's kind of like what's the point (laughs) so yeah there's definitely a more unrecognizable at this point ceiling to pickleball if there is a ceiling at this point but you mentioned some of the ogs as we call them some of our staff tyann and jamar and people that have been playing pickleball for years in this area long before it had the popularity boom that it did in the pandemic and you know because you've been part of these conversations but i think others would find it interesting when we've modeled out what performance has now become and will become over the next few weeks the people part of it was was just as important as the scheduling part because to implement what we're implementing right now requires a your guys skill set uh, and, and your respect level within the community, but also your knowledge of what would work and what wouldn't. And when mm-hmm. we put it in front of you guys, if you would have said, this is crap, don't do it, we wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, do you find, that's a long way of asking, if you, you, know, you find that standing and those relationships are, are helping as we onboard folks and, and bring them into to something that we admittedly is new? Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I've been here my entire life, so a lot of these people are also from tennis too. So... Um, and you meant onboarding as in memberships, correct? Right. Okay, because there's the onboarding process of... Oh, yeah. The, so I'm the like, okay, Christina which one is it? That too, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, I have a lot of tennis people coming to me and, and they know I'm here now and, 
hey, how do I do this? Or, hey, can I complain with you? Or in, in their high level coming into it as well. So they're almost getting the welcoming that I did with high level right away, like my friend here today. What's the biggest for, for him and I guess for yourself, from a player's perspective in that transition, obviously you walked into a tournament and you felt like you could do pretty well, but there's – I always hear from the outside, you know, well, tennis players can step in and play singles pretty good, but then the doubles game is Mm -hmm. completely different. You're going to be someone that people can trust to train and and coach them as well. So those that are coming from that tennis perspective, what do they need? What should they know right off the top? Like this is going to be your biggest learning curve coming to pickleball. Yeah. So how I always start a conversation with other tennis players, I give them what I did, it was, I was a 5-0 tennis player and my first tournament, I started at 4-0. And once I played 4-0 and I won the gold, I didn't play 4-0 again and I went up 0.5. Mm. So I always tell people, if you're coming from tennis, it's that 1.0 difference, but then you can easily move up once you learn the strategy. And it's like, once you start moving into the net and learning like, okay, this doesn't work, <laughs> then you start slowing things down and that's how tennis players can progress up that 0.5 very quickly. And you've got the personal yeah. experience to back it up. Yes, so and I always started listening. with personal experience first to say <laughs> I did this and then I moved up. Well, I just so. want people to know when they learn from you, it's not just a YouTube tutorial regurgitation. This is going to be oh, no. a proper uh, proper training, um, proper steps and I'm a very technical coach too. So it's whatever you're doing with your paddle, I could probably fix it. Or if you're talking to me, I mean like you're probably doing this and I can show them just by talking to them mm-hmm. that way. So I'm very technical as well. So many people can't wait for January 1st. <laughs> well, and our coaches too, our pros yeah. too, yeah. because that's a big part of it. You know, we're excited yeah. about all of the pros that we have joining us. Of course, Tiana and Christina are our head professionals and lead that staff. And, you know, Jonathan is one of our tour professionals, but there's about nine more that will also be teaching here. And I know are chomping at the bit to do so. Uh, but that is something that we should point out to people that that will be available in terms of what times and, and who you can book and why maybe you should book this person rather than this person or try this style rather than this style. And I know Tyann and Christina are working on some of those bios and some of those skills and expertise. So all of those things coming along with clinics and classes and everything else that's going to start uh, once we truly get this thing rolling on January 1st. But uh, you know, Christina, as you've looked at pickleball, I think for all of us, you know, we were friends. We worked tournaments together and we played together. Uh, you guys beat me around quite a bit. <laughs> but uh, could you have ever imagined in this short period of time that, one, we'd have a pickleball podcast, but two, no. we'd be doing it within our own <laughs> facility right here in Richmond? Uh, no, because, you know, when we were, when I came in, always looked at the construction and stuff. I'm like, are we really going to be yeah. open? <laughs> that, that John Denver laser is full of crap. Man. <laughs> um, no, but it's like I knew it was bound to happen. And, you know, when I worked at a country club beforehand, I knew I was like, as soon as there's this big old pickleball facility, I'm going to work at it. And I, I told myself that, too. And this was before John even came up to me. And I was like, yes, I already ha- I already knew. I was like, as soon as the one is built here, I'm I'm gone. Well, you guys bye have bye one thing in common, by the way. Our, our first professional meeting was at that Target Starbucks. That's right. Oh, that was where I did my best. <laughs> that was where I did my best hiring because I could also buy the stuff that I needed. Yeah, yeah. right, right from the there. <laughs> That's I love that background. That's yeah. cool. We'll always have that. So what? So okay, adding on to that, the the goals that you have 
for performance. Obviously, you, you just said, like, as soon as a place opens up, I want to be a part of it. Do you have your own specific goals that you want to p- help this place accomplish, or are you just all in on whatever the overarching performance pickleball uh, goals are? Because I imagine in your mind, from your perspective, playing with these people and, and being in the different tournaments, you might see some things that the pickleball community needs more so than someone like myself from a, a different perspective. Yeah, no, um, everything currently like is what I've expected, and there's nothing like um, – where I have to be like, John, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, no, change it. There, there, I, that hasn't been an issue at all. Um, and I would, you know. Yeah, Which, no. <laughs> well, honestly, and that's wild because this is not that – it hasn't even been a year yeah, since yeah. the idea came about, right? Like, so the fact that we're saying that is still pretty nuts. But it's – so my wish for all of our members is to be very self-sufficient on their end mm. with, you know, booking their own courts and understanding how – our structured open play is ran and just that so they don't have to be frustrated anymore and trying to figure out you know why why aren't these reset links being sent that is the biggest question I've been getting so it is a lot of that background stuff that is frustrating just to get like started in here but once that is taken care of then it should be smooth sailing and well, I it's think I think we're feeling a little bit of the frustration that I've heard over the years from educators, and I've never mm-hmm. been one of those. I've usually been the wise-ass in the back <laughs> row that's creating some of these problems for them, and, and I don't mean to phrase this as problems, but when we – it's not that we know the answers because we do not know the answers, but we know the process by which we believe we'll get there, and we're just so excited uh, for people to experience that and to come touch that and to have that great session where it's good games and it's efficient and two hours of play feels like you played for four. And I'm hearing that a lot from those that have come through and they're like, wow, you know, I'm gassed. And, uh, you know, that's the model. And yeah. and you just, it's an impatience on our part because we so badly want them to be able to experience what we've modeled and what we've created. And I'll add to that, you know, Christina said, it's not wholesale changes. You know, we've made the decisions to a large degree on who our scheduling uh, tech stack is going to be, who's going to build that. That's pod play. Uh, We strongly feel that they're the leader in the industry right now in terms of not necessarily where it is, but where they're going and how quickly and how personally they will allow us to get there. Whereas, you know, Christina has a Slack channel for the PPR staff. There's another Slack channel, which Christina knows I love, uh, which is essentially a direct line between all of us and all of the people at Podplay. And when I say all the people, I say the president of the company, the founder of the company, their head app developer, on and on it goes, their network specialist. So when we're asking questions, and we're changing we're changing it in real time you know mm-hmm. to use an example this week uh, you know I know one of the things people want to see is can I see who's in the session and at this very second no but uh, in two weeks yes because they're writing the code right now based upon what we found in our feedback and we are using them to push forward, and they are most certainly using us a, as a test facility for what we believe they'll be able to infiltrate a lot more of the pickleball. So, again, it's just a matter of, of patience. It's, you know, another example, we were kind of on the fence as to whether or not to put wraps on the front doors. We put them on the side doors because I, I knew the glare over there would be an issue. Uh, I wanted to see aesthetically when we got people in soft play style, 
uh, if that would be an issue. It's kind of in between. It's not a huge issue, but those are our metal courts and our Skechers Stadium courts, and it is a little bit of an issue at a certain time of day. So we're doing that, and by the time you come in again, it'll be up. The little things like that that can become big things, I think, if you leave them un- unplanned for. Yeah, no question. Speaking of planning, we do have the help desk na- uh, f- coming uh, tonight when we're recording this. So Sunday is the yeah, next Sunday to, uh, session. I, I just laugh That's a little bit. That's a working bit title, by the way. We need something more alliterative. <laughs> well, and I, 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 I laugh because we talked Christina's about class. the Christina kiosk <laughs> being right out here. Uh, uh, just like boop. a robot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christina walking around like, you have questions? Press yeah. this button and here's a pamphlet or no, something. We definitely need to do that. I think we can accomplish that with some sort of sandwich board. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Um, so is, was this, I, obviously this was a collective effort, something that needs to, to be happen or to happen, but what what do what can people expect? I mean, is it simply just sit down? What questions do you have? Let's figure it out. And is this, uh, what are the categories of questions that you'll be able to answer? I mean, I don't think you can answer every tech question, can you? It will be more um, things that are more obtainable in person. Yes. Um, so I can't really answer all of those super background detail right. stuff, but I should be able to help you get your um, app up and running and then our pod play reservation system up and running where you can input your credit card, you have your profile, and all you now you have to do is go click reserve your spot right. and then you're good to go. Yeah, and I want to reiterate to people that, you know, we know that some of this is a little bit cumbersome on a one-time fashion where to send, that's why we want, you know, if that one time can be easier by coming into class with Christina at Christina's kiosk, um, then that's what we want to have happen Mm -hmm. because we don't want that to be something that becomes a thorn in your paw, so to speak, for the day. Uh, because eventually the way this is all expected to work um, and should for how much we're paying for it uh, work together will make it seamless once you become uh, integrated in that system and then you can reserve very easily through that app and then on the other side on the performance app it becomes that ACAC model like Christina talked about in so many health clubs where it is really an easy system to be a member where you can come in and play you can get into your routine if you want to have a drink or food or anything or grab a water and Energy, whatever the case may be, that can all go on your membership profile. And then within that app, you can also create your friend groups and your chats and all the things that we've enjoyed sporadically, I think would be the best way to put it, mm-hmm. uh, on our pickleball journeys. And that's it sounds like I'm saying it's a long way off. It's not. It, it's really just a matter of getting that, here we go again, onboarding or re- registration through both of those things, and then you're good to go. Love it. All I can picture right now is Christina standing at the front being like, get your program. She's just <laughs> standing on a podium. Come on, give me Carnival Parker. Right there. Yeah, and yeah. I've got the I've got the metal stand right over there Uh-oh. so we can recreate yeah. that. Uh-oh, we just started something. I think no. Uh, Well, Christina, this has been great to get to know you a little bit more, especially that that coaching and training style. I think it's going to be super beneficial. Uh, The help desk, Sunday, what time? Sunday, 11 to 4. Please bring your laptops and phones. All right, so let's skip on to the game point. We're wrapping up the show. We've got uh, a reminder that you can still sign up for winter leagues. I'm assuming spots are still open uh, from numbers that John has. Uh, Also, the pickleball resolutions right around the corner, January 12th through the 14th, the the first tournament inside these walls. Uh, It's going to be in more ways than one, a an event that is unlike any other, especially with Sportable being involved. 
um, having that hybrid division, those that are in wheelchairs, uh, those that are not playing together uh, as well. <clears throat> uh, and then don't forget, we're closing early on New Year's Eve. So we'll close at 6 p.m. And then, of course, Monday, next week, New Year's Day, the big day, memberships kick in. We're back. We're fully on 7 a.m., 10 p.m. Uh, with our hours and looking forward to getting this thing in a rhythm. I think everybody is ready for that, right? Back yeah. to you know what we're supposed to be experiencing as memberships. Yeah, everybody needs a rhythm, and th and that's for our members, and that's for us as well in terms of what's the flow going to be like. We all can't continue to work 15 hours a day every day. <laughs> uh, I was able to do that back when I was 27, and I've discovered in the last month that I can't. But real quick, that's funny timing that you asked about the leagues. I just got the update to the second here. Uh, yeah, registration's going exceptionally well. The deadline to register is January 1st, so Tyen can have those bracketed uh, for January 8th when they begin. It looks like we, the two leagues that could definitely stand to have a few more people register are 40-plus Women's Fixed Partner League uh, and our men, that's in the PM, and our Men's Doubles League, which is non-fixed partner 3.0-plus. Uh, in the morning. So if you're on the fence, uh, dive on in. The rest of them are nearly at capacity uh, and should be great leagues uh, awesome. because there's a lot of people. What days were those again? Uh, Thursday, I believe. I don't know. You can <laughs> see that. You can see <laughs> that on the website. The email doesn't say that. Come on. Oh, um, so sorry. And then on the resolution, you know, we're <laughs> we're seeing the registration go bonkers right now because we're through the holidays and we're also now within that uh, scramble window, as I like to mm -hmm. call it, as a tournament operator. So uh, get on in there. Uh, it's going to be magnificent. As I look around the facility, Christina, and, and, you know, you know these challenges from hosting tournaments. It's like, where can we hang signage? Where can the photo backdrop be? Do we have power uh, so we can plug the speaker in? You know, all of those different things, they all go away. And then all of our energy that we generally spend on that in an outdoor environment gets spent more on the playability and the bracketing and the customer service. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I'm excited to see what that looks and like. And not having to worry about rain or heavy winds yeah, or, temp you know, thing. Yeah. all this stuff is, I think people understand this is legit. They've seen it open. They know what it's like. Uh, and they definitely want to be a part of it. You can still be a part of this, ppbrva.com slash leagues. If you want to be involved uh, in the winter leagues, you can also find the pickleball resolution at pickleballbrackets.com uh, as well and sign up for that. Don't forget to follow us on social media and YouTube. I guess YouTube is kind of a social media now. I don't know what they're trying to do over there with their community page, but ppbrva, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And don't forget to get involved here on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify with our uh, weekly polls as well. Christina, thank you for your time. This will not be the last time that you're on the podcast. I have a very good feeling about that. You know, some weeks come by and we just grab somebody out of the hallway and like, hey, can't you be on the podcast? That wasn't how this was. Oh. But there might be yeah, a I day like where phrased better. <laughs> <laughs> you can pull me out of the hole anytime. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, give me a break, please. This would be nice. Uh, certainly appreciate your time on this. Look forward to everything that you're going to be doing uh, with our members uh, from a help perspective on the court and in the event space on Sunday. Reminded me of the time again on Sunday. Eleven to four. Eleven to four. Bring your laptop. Bring your phone. In the event space. Yes. I will be waiting. She will be ready to help you uh, as you need it. John, thanks for your time as always as well. We appreciate you listening wherever you are listening from. We'll be back again next week here on your favorite podcasting platform. Until then, take it easy.